Hello, thank you for joining us on another episode of Why Theory. Um, I'm going to cut right to the quick. I'm Ryan Angley. Todd, you're Todd McGowan, aren't you? I'm Todd McGowan, yes. How are you, Ryan? I'm doing well. This is the third in our um, series uh, of setting up, then playing a bit, a clip of an interview, and then talking about an interview with um, Big Z and the Kids Table, Slavoj Zizek. Uh, and this section, do you catch that reference? Do you, do you I know did not I mean? know. I don't know what the big Z in the kids table is. I'm just like probably nobody. But the, the, when I was when I was growing up, there was this uh, ska band, a Boston area ska band called Big uh, D in the kids table. Oh. And it was like they never got to be. You know the Mighty Mighty Bostons. You probably I do know the Mighty. I saw yeah. them in concert. Yeah. You saw them in concert. That's amazing. I did. Yeah. <laughs> so you might have actually because I know that they opened up uh, for um, for Mighty Mighty Bostons or but they played like uh, in the they played in the same circles. Um, but anyway, in my head, I've always called, uh, Slavoj, uh, Big Z in the kids table. And I, okay. I thought I would put that, I think I would put that out into the world, but it was, um, like when I, when I, when I was a kid and Scott had like a big moment in the nineties, uh, and I don't want to make you feel old. I wasn't a kid. I was a teenager. So, th- okay. so uh, <laughs> um, th- that, uh, it was always this thing. I don't know if it was like this for you growing up where like you, you, if to be cool in like a, in like a scene or like a certain, you always had to go to like, you had to go to the band that was not the popular band, oh, right? right? Like of you, had, you yeah, had to keep, you had to keep going. Yeah. And Big D and the kids table was sort of that band for at least for my friends was like, Oh yeah, no one's listening to that. Everyone's listening to Goldfinger. Have you ever right. less than Jake? Have you ever heard of this? Anyway, so I don't know. Anyway, okay, so that's <laughs> how you got to the big Z. <laughs> that's in the how kids got the big Z. In the okay, case. good. Yeah, so that's good. <laughs> okay, but uh, this is the final of these little special episodes. Too. The final so, of these special yeah. episodes, yeah. Uh, and you know what? It's so special that I think that's uh, why I was just trying to delay the beginning here. Yeah. Um, and to delay in some ways the end of history, Todd. So, um, right, which is the starting point. Which ironically. is our starting point, ironically, because this is this is the start of the. We actually have done the interview. We've pieced it together in the wrong order because this is the this is the first question that Slavoj asked me, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which dealt as you'll see when you or you'll hear when you listen to it. It's not exactly an interview. He's interviewing me, but there are not a lot of. I don't get to say a lot. No, he's questioning you. He's questioning you. He's not asking you questions. He's questioning you, and then he's <laughs> answering the questions. Right, uh, right. It's it's pretty he, good. He <laughs> thought it would be easier if he both asked and answered the questions at the same time. It does, it's very it's much more economical. It's um, true. So it's true. here um, he starts with this idea. We start with the idea of the end of history, which has become. Right. In the wake, I think, in the wake of Francis Fukuyama in the in the early 1990s, who who wrote an essay called "The End of History and the Last Man," and he in this essay he articula- he argues that liberal bourgeois democracy is the end of history, and he takes the concept obviously from Hegel. He's also influenced by the University of Chicago philosopher Leo Strauss, and. Fukuyama's idea, which got a lot of critique at the time from the mm-hmm. left, Fukuyama's a moderate right wing, uh, and especially from Derrida, what it wrote it was very famously critical of him, Inspectors of Marx. Um, and his idea was that, that so liberal democracy is the end of history. And he got, he says, I get this idea from Hegel, but Hegel was wrong about when the end happened. It didn't happen with him in 1823. Instead, it happened. Uh, in, in 1989 when the wall fell. Okay, right, so right. that's the basic idea. And so, But the idea is a lot of, the point is that a lot of people have taken up this idea of the end of history. So most famously in the 1930s, Alexander Kojev 
in France, the Russian immigre who taught Hegel in France, uh, Kojev thought, he gave a lot of ideas for when the end of history happened. First he said it's Napoleon, then he said, oh, no, 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 wait, it's, it's, uh, <laughs> it's actually, it's Stalin who ends history, right, and then he says, right. no, it's the United States which represents the end of history, and finally mm. his final solution was it's Japan and, and Japanese snobbery, because he, okay. he was a French ambassador to Japan for a while, or an attaché, I'm not serious, an ambassador. And Hegel, I mean, Hegel has a funny slip. <laughs> Slavoj, yeah. a very funny slip. Slavoj <laughs> brings up, he has, a, by the way, a couple of slips. He had a slip in the Marx discussion where he, I think he called it Hegel's proletariat. Or yes, he did. He yeah, yeah, someone Marx's pointed that out. Yeah, someone where our listeners nicely pointed that out. And and in this one, he has another slip where he We're going well, to get one. to it. Yeah, yeah. I, I, You'll get yeah, to it. Okay, I caught right. the slip. Yeah, we're going to talk about okay, that. Yeah. Okay, so anyway, so he, so, so uh, Kojev finally ends up with, Japanese snobbery as the and that's his final version of what the end of history is and Slavoj says I, I kind of like that but then the doxa today which is interesting is that it's no longer uh, none of these ideas that it's mm-hmm. and it, I think it's Slavoj who articulates the doxa and the doxa is we really that the end of history is whenever you are thinking and writing and acting so the end of history is not that, that Hegel's point really is that we always think from the end of history and think backwards from the end of history. So it's, it's in a sense, importing Freud's notion of nachtreglichkeit or mm-hmm. retroactivity mm-hmm. into the analysis and understanding of Hegel and saying that's what, you know, because Hegel famously, that famous line that we've recounted before from the, the preface to the philosophy of right, the owl of Minerva takes flight only with the falling of dusk. Mm-hmm. And that idea is, you know, you can see how that's tied to, to retroactivity. Oh, for sure. Yeah, right. It's the, 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 the end, of course, the end shows you where the beginning was, right? Like, I, like I think one of the, you know, um, Marx has the, the very famous line, right, about, like, um, uh, in, is, it, is this in the 18th premiere of uh, the... What are you going to say? Oh, the, um, that, like, history, like, Hegel says history repeats itself. He forgot to add first his tragedy. Then yeah, that's 18th premiere, right. Okay, yeah. so what you would... Okay, so what you would want to add on is that, like, you, like, Marx, like, don't, you don't even understand that line, literally. So Marx saying, like, you know, history repeats itself twice, like, first is tragedy, then is, then is farce. It's like, you actually need the farce to know when the tragedy happened. Exactly, exactly. That would be a Hegelian rereading of Marx's right. passage, right? Right, Exactly, right. exactly. Yeah. Very good. Yeah, so, so that, and I, what's interesting is I think that is true, that idea of, that where Hegel thinks where you're you cannot think beyond your own epoch like that's mm-hmm. that's just what he he does think that, but uh, but I I think and this is I, I actually gently critique Slavoj <laughs> even though it's funny that's the first thing he ran to when he talked wanted to talk about my book was the one point where I'm the one point where you critical of him yes, <laughs> um, which is funny but uh, but I gently critique criticize him and and and. My, and and he does, he finally, he says, that's right. And the point that Hegel makes, I think, is that, okay, that is true, but there really was an end of history. And mm-hmm. if we understand it through the science of logic, then it makes more sense. If we understand the philosophy of history through the science of logic, then we can make a lot more sense of it. What's interesting is a lot of people, there's all these readings of philosophy of history that don't, that, that use other texts to make sense of it. And one <laughs> of the most famous is, Robert Pippin and other people in his in his way of thinking that mm-hmm. th- think about Hegel as a philosopher of recognition, and for them, it's 
it's the master-slave dialectic and the way in which recognition gets parsed out in that, that the, that's their way of understanding history. And so then history becomes this massive struggle for recognition. And the end of history is, they think, a world in which we have mutual recognition. Mm-hmm. And so my point is, no, mm-hmm. really, yeah. the end of history is something we've already gotten to, Hegel mm-hmm. thinks. And it's when we recognize that contradiction is absolute then yeah. we recognize that we're free. And so that's the key. So for my point, mm-hmm. my point is that that's the key. And then that ends up triggering the subsequent questions that Slavoj asked me. But that's the first idea. And that's the thing that we talk about in the beginning. So I think it's worth um, pointing out too, like I think how um, without attribution to Hegel um, or maybe even to Fukuyama, I, th- I think that in the 90s, I want to say up at, like with the mainstream left really bought into this idea that his, that history was over. And in the sense that we were just now on a uncomplicated path toward incremental, you know, liberal changes to society. Like everyone was into that. And, And what that basically entails is like, Oh, there's no more contradiction. That's what the end of history means is that now we're done with large scale, big antagonism. The cold war is over. Right. Like there's just, it's just not going to happen. We are on this, like this upward rocket to, to, to like, um, well, there'll still be poor people and, and, and homelessness. Sure. But if things will get better, look at technology. It's great. Like, you know, it, right. that, that whole, that whole thing. And, um, I think it's it's really I, I mean it's really important to uh, to reclaim Hegel from that reading. I, I think right now that it is yeah that absolutely it, yeah, right. radically opposed. Absolutely, I think it's a great point by you and uh, the contrast between that because, in according to my reading of the end of history, the point is actually the totally opposite of that. It's that right. Yes, we're only at the end of history when we understand that we are irrevocably stuck to contradiction that yeah. we can never escape it. And, and the end of history would be ideally the end of all attempts to get out of history. Like it would yeah, be yeah, yeah. attempts to, of the end of all attempts to get out of contradiction. Mm-hmm. I mean, although that didn't happen, right. but I think, I think Hegel thinks that's really what, what, what necessarily will end up happening is that we get rid of all these attempts to get out of contradiction. And instead think about, and this goes to the second point Slavoj and I talk about, mm-hmm. think about how we're going to realize our freedom. So right, if freedom right, right. Is, is, the, is premised upon the recognition of the necessity of contradiction, and why, I mean, I think it's worth saying why that would be, because it would be because if we know that there's no substance that's free of contradiction, then there can be no authority that we can rely on. So mm-hmm. there's no authority that's not itself beset by contradiction. And so once we recognize that, then we're necessarily free. And so I think that's why history is at an end when contradiction becomes recognized as inevitable. That's interesting. So that's that's interesting. So that's where where you would agree with Pippin about recognition, but you would just, you misplace that from, you wouldn't place that as being the primary thing, but this thing Mm -hmm. that attends to it. Well, no, I, that's a great question. Like, I think no. My point is actually the opposite of Pippin. Okay. Like, it's not yeah. mutual recognition. Right. It's recognition of contradiction. Got so it. I think it's it's completely at odds with Pippin. Like this idea of mutual recognition. I recognize you. You recognize mm-hmm. me. 
you recognize Slavoj, Slavoj recognizes me. This this mm-hmm. triple or this 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 circle of mutual recognition. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's the that's the really a liberal. It's fundamentally a liberal position and a liberal yeah. trap, a way of of thinking you can overcome contradiction by recognizing your way out of it by by saying like I'm going to affirm you, you affirm me, and then we'll be able to get along. I'm gonna and I'm I, gonna hit I'm gonna hit you where it hurts right now, and I I okay. take I take no pleasure in this. I really okay. really okay okay. Is that not what's going on in Avatar? Like the I see you. <sighs> Well, okay. <laughs> okay. Now, it, it's potentially a good point, but, <laughs> but here's why I think it's not. All right, okay, I okay. Think, I think Avatar is fundamentally Hegelian because okay. I think it actually <laughs> comes to this great point that that if you remember Natari, who's the, the girlfriend, who's one of the blue people, yeah. um, she, Zoe Saldana, she, she says, <laughs> says <laughs> she's, Sam Harris, the... the the Sam. main guy, uh-huh. what's his name? No, no, it's Wor- Worthington. It doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. the main hero guy uh, is is says like we have to call on this Iwa, this goddess, to take our side. Right. And 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 Natari's like, there's no Iwa cannot take sides. It's just a she creates a balance. She's is a figure of balance in the world. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then he he nonetheless prays to her and then she ends up taking sides like okay. all the animals start to attack the earth right. people and right yeah. and yeah. so yeah. i think that's the greatest point because it's the point at which nature is no longer this figure of balance but actually takes a side in the struggle so i actually that's think that's pretty good that's a pretty good argument yeah that's that's my defense <laughs> of that i do yeah, not yeah, think yeah. Uh, avatar is about just recognizing the other i think yeah, it's yeah. about getting even nature to take our side in the struggle no, that's nice. Yeah. No, no, I'm convinced. Okay. Anyway, that's, right. well done. Right. So, <laughs> <laughs> I've had a lot of practice defending and, that film. So. Yeah, no, that's true. <laughs> that's true. That's really funny. More, have you, yeah, it'd be interesting if so. This is a just total side point. Like, um, if the uh, if the total like um, data stealing of everyone's life is is like just going to happen, and and like you know we're being spied on by all kinds of different technology. Like you know, I'm of course like it's it's too much. Like like uh, this kind of uh, corporate surveillance. Like every, we've talked about this before, people should be right. against it. Against right. it. However, however, where I am in favor is if it is totally imminent and I and uh, immanent, like with an A, and yeah. I could have like a Wikipedia, and you could have a Wikipedia for your life, and you could look up things like this is the question I want to ask you: Do you think that you've defended Avatar more than you've defended Freud? Because you don't literally know, but if you were spied on completely, right, they would, would be able to tell me. You'd be able yeah, to, yeah. yeah, so yeah, yeah. yeah. No, yeah. I like that, Ryan. I think that's a really good use for that technology. <laughs> I think let's, so. Let's propose that as, a, as an idea yeah. for the, the beneficent use of, because I would like to know that. Yeah. And I think it's probably, I think it's probably pretty close. Yeah. You know? But at yeah. least I haven't had to say that, that it's okay that... James Cameron used cocaine, you know? Like, yeah, that's true. Whereas with Freud, I had constantly, you, oh, cocaine, you have to constantly, wow. Well, you know, uh, some cocaine is just a cocaine, right? That's, that's the famous, right, that's, that's right. yeah. I think that is the famous line. Yeah, yeah. anyway, so, yeah. so, yeah, so, so then, so then we get to this idea of, of political, first. so if we're, if we recognize that contradiction is absolute, and so mm-hmm. that's my idea of the end of history and, and the way that's wrapped up in the absolute idea, it's the, it's the recognition that contradiction is, is we can't supersede it. We can't solve it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, that recognition then leads us to the recognition of our freedom, and then 
how does that, the question is how that freedom manifests itself. And so Slav and I got in a little thing. It's mostly him just talking again, but, but <laughs> a little thing about what, how, what form does political, does that idea of freedom have to take? And his question was, does it have to be political freedom? In mm-hmm. other words, does our, he calls it social freedom or whatever, like does our sense of ontological freedom maybe mm-hmm. or social freedom, does that have does that have to manifest itself as political freedom? Or could we imagine it manifesting itself in another way? And I think what he's thinking about here is, could you imagine a, I don't know, like a, like a, 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 a figure of authority leading you mm-hmm. that is really the manifestation of our freedom, mm-hmm. right? I think that's what he's getting at. Because like, his point is, does it have to be political freedom? Mm-hmm. And 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 so we'll see what how that goes. But yeah, that's, yeah. That's, you, that, want, you want to talk? You want to talk about that? We'll on the talk other side. about that afterwards. Okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah. 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 And Good. then I guess the last the last thing is um, about contradiction, uh, like hysterical versus he has a, um, a you know what I want to let listeners know about this ahead of time. Uh, Slavoj has a great great uh, slip where he says um, external. Uh, he tries. He means to say external contradiction, but what right. he says instead is eternal, e- right. e- eternal contradiction, which is right. exactly the point. It's like a it's like a really nice short circuit between the the idea and, and right. what um, what Hegel's getting at. Now we, I think, I, th- I think I uh, I totally forgot. I wanted I wanted to talk about this uh, a little bit earlier uh, in the podcast, but um, I got a, a lovely email from a from a listener who uh, asked us to do a whole if we could do like a whole, dedicate a whole episode to contradiction. Cause it's a, it's a term that, that we use and, and talk about uh, quite too often. Liberally, too, yeah. Too liberally, probably. Perhaps too liberally. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, that we haven't really defined in a single episode, like we've yeah. done with desire and drive and, and, and ideology and, right. and other things. So we are going to do an episode on that. It's going to be the next one, which is going to be, right. which is going to be about your book. But for right now, right. Uh, uh, we're, so we're going to talk a little bit about it because we are going to have this, uh, hysterical contradiction versus eternal contradiction conversation. But before that's going to be on the other side of the, um, the Slavoy interview, but just for right now, let's throw down like a provisional definition, uh, for listeners about, about contradiction, like what it is, so, how it works. So, okay. Like, yeah. So mm-hmm. contradiction. So, so the, 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 and I think so a couple ways I'll talk about it. So contradiction mm-hmm. is a violation of the law of identity. So the law of identity is simply A equals A. So contradiction would mean both A is true and not A is true. So that right. possibility all of a sudden makes all rules of logic possibly out the window. So that really is pro- immensely initially problematic, right? So, mm-hmm. but, so I think a better way to – I mean a further way to think about how that might be true – is to think about subjectivity and that mm-hmm. subject you and in a psychoanalytic sense you both are yourself mm-hmm. and there's all these ways in which you are not yourself so you're right. both mm-hmm. the you both are your ego and your you're I. all these yeah. your i well yeah. i don't know your i is not your ego but you so i mean i think your i is actually the thing that subverts you being completely yourself so i mean i i would say that the you i or the the I think is the thing that dis- is precisely that disruption of the. That's pretty good because I because don't you I, I I I feel this way like um, when when I try yeah it's it's a very good point like when I when I say like I think like I'm really searching like do I think that right there's right, like like right. I th- I know I've said this before like uh, someone has asked me a question um, it, that doesn't matter what it's about like you know it's like do you think 
season seven of Seinfeld is the best one or whatever. And like, I think I was like, well, I think I think that, and you know, like I've, I've said this before and people are like, what the, what does that even mean? Like that, kind of, but I think that's like, that's about as, uh, as honest as you can get. Like you, you know, uh, like accepting the notion of the unconscious as like the, the, you know, the, the master is not at home, I think is, uh, right. As Freud right. Puts right. It. I but, mean, yeah. Yeah, so that, I mean, that's a way in which psychoanalysis really clarifies Hegel's position about contradiction being actual, I think, because it's, it's, it's very true if you think about subjectivity in a psychoanalytic sense. But, I mean, just another example would be, and, and Hegel famously, when he, he, in his history of philosophy, when he comes to Heraclitus, he says, now we see land, like as a, like uh. now, in other words, like we've been cast at sea and yeah. in the history of philosophy, we come to Heraclitus, even though he's very close to the beginning, uh, we come to Heraclitus and now we see land because Hegel's idea is that he, he's a figure who first articulates contradiction as actual. And his famous saying is, we, you cannot step in the same river twice. And then that's mm-hmm. the famous version of the famous saying. Yeah. And then there's a less well-known aphorism, which actually articulates the position better. And in that one, he says, you both can and cannot step in the same river twice. We both are and are not who we are. So so there's a way in which both our separation from ourselves and the object separation from itself. Like, so, it, so I think it's interesting to think about contradiction in contrast to Deleuzean flow or flux okay. with the river example. So I think for Deleuze, there's just even the idea that there is a river Mm-hmm. Is 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 dubious. It's not mm-hmm. just dubious. It's actually, re- we have to reject that totally because there's never a thing that just stays in the same place. It's just a constant right. flow, right? Mm-hmm. And so you're just all you have is just a flow of differences. And any identity you put on that, it's just an identity that you put on that in a, I think Deleuze would almost say quasi-fascistic way, mm-hmm. right? Like you impose a, a reactionary identity on something and 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 try to arrest the flux or the flow. Interesting. Interesting. And I, I was thinking, well, the, oh no, you continue making I was just going to say quickly, yeah, yeah, please, I think please, Hegel's yeah. point in yeah. contrast is that, that the, in order to register the flux, <laughs> in order for there to be a flux, there also has to be an identity so that the identity right, right. is actually, is actual and is part of the, that the flux is part of the identity and the flux is what allows us to, register the identity and the identities necessary to register the flux. So I think both yeah. in some way depend on each other. Yeah, no, that's great. I, th- I think, um, what I was going to ask you, like, do you, do you think that the, um, like the contemporary, uh, common sense investment in the, uh, the, the, a equals a, the, the, the law of identity is, is it not, um, uh, it is what it is, right? People say that all no, the time. No, absolutely. Right. Oh, it, is, famous, it is what it is. Yeah. Right. It is. I, who do you think? I, my feeling is that it's Bill Belichick. It's Bill Belichick. The it's, New England Patriots who yeah. made this statement the most popular. And I find it the most – to me, it's the most ideological pro-capitalist. When he came out in favor of Trump right before yeah. the last election, I was just not surprised at all. No, because anyone not. who says it is what it is is a, is a right-winger. I mean, mm-hmm. that's they are. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 well, I mean, it's, it, it's this um, – it's – like a non hermeneutical, like non suspicious, right, um, right. K- kind of, uh, kind of stance. And, um, and like, well, I don't know, like, I mean, it's, it's even in the academy, right? I mean, like, is the, isn't this like the, um, I think the, 
the uh, gusto or the gust has come out of the wind of, of the sails of surface reading, but that's kind of like the that same. That would be it, right? Yeah, right. that would be that sort would of be like it. the same thing. Um, but yeah, so we have, so yeah, so right, you have on the one side, you've got, it is what it is. And then Hegel's contradiction. Uh, or and theory. then you have on this other thing, you have Deleuzean absolute flux. The, right, right. Know. And then, I think it's a fascinating, yeah. that's a fascinating way to think of the, of the, of the political landscape too, right? Like mm. that. I mean, it makes Hegel into the moderate, which is not what he is. But I, but it does. I think ontologically, that's right. Like you have the, the, Anne Randian conservative. Anne Rand has a famous, famously uh, one of the sections of Atlas Shrugged is A equals A. It's the mm-hmm. title of it. Right, right. Um, so, so you have that. Anne Rand, who is, is worth worth pointing out, spent the remaining years of her life uh, living on public assistance. Okay, so, that is true. <laughs> very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. But she anyway, also, yeah. did you know this? That she also testified in the in the show trials against Hollywood. No, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. mm-hmm. she, she put a screenplay out and they didn't like it. And so she she was just like, oh. you know, she's like, of course, there must be a oh, yeah. communist plot. It um, must be a communist plot. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, let's be radically okay. selfish about it. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Although the, the movie um, based, I did, the, the one on Atlas Shrugged is pretty recent. It's terrible. But The yeah. Fountainhead is a, it's a classic. It's pretty good. Um, <laughs> the lesson <laughs> is watch The Fountainhead. No, anyway. well, no, that is not the lesson. No, I'm, no, it's not. I'm not giving that the lesson. Um, <laughs> But so it's interesting that that um, this idea of absolute fixity mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. Right. in some way the capitalist ideological point, and then the mm-hmm. absolute flux is this Deleuzean point, and then Hegel's mm-hmm. Hegel's idea is that both are in in some way involved in each other, right? That you can't you yeah. can't that both fixity and flux are require each other even to be what they are, and that's di- and that's the lesson of dialectics, I think, is always. Mm-hmm. These things that you think are opposed, this thing that you think is opposed to you, you're actually dependent on it. And that's why – and, yeah. you know, that's that's a good definition for contradiction as well. Like the thing you think is opposed mm-hmm. to what the identity is, the identity is dependent on that thing. Oh, yeah. Like I, I mean for like a very – you know, we said we were going to retire Trump examples. But I mean like the, the New York Times, the Washington Post – these newspapers need Trump. <laughs> like, oh, absolutely. They need absolutely. it. And it's, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's gross. And it, it gets in the way, it gets in the way of, of, um, of thinking, uh, a project of like, you know, genuine political freedom because right. it like, it's this, I think the more common term that people would use is there's the symbiotic relationship. Right. Between, I think I've heard people say that. Yeah. 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 But I, but I think that it's, um, it's a because when you say that it's like oh well we just get rid of we just they just have to right, stop right and right. that's See, not that's that, interesting that, yeah that's flight that that's a total flight from the lesson yeah that's a, I like that idea that symbiotic which is a life a kind of term from biology yeah that symbiotic is a in terms of analytic you know understanding a situation is a flight from dialectics right yeah. like mm-hmm. like saying it's a symbiotic instead of saying it's a dialectical relation I think implies you could just. If we just you could just get rid of one and then you still have the other, yeah, like you still have the other, yeah. We'll yeah. get rid of Trump. We'll still have the Washington Post doing what it should be doing. But no, right. <laughs> I mean the lesson is I think that the you can't have the Washington Post as it's constituted without this figures like Trump functioning mm-hmm. in the way that they do. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, absolutely, yeah. No, yeah. I think that I think that's true. And I, anyway, I think that that's a that's a really good that's a really good way to uh, to, to understand uh, contradiction ahead of uh, your conversation with Slavoj and ahead of our, our next episode, which will uh, kind of tease out a little bit more consequences of uh, of the definition uh, and particularly in light of your book.
So. Yeah, now we'll yeah. just, after a very, very long introduction, <laughs> if you turned into, you knew just where to skip forward on your podcast, it's right to this point right now. Yeah, <laughs> okay, right, we'll yeah 20, 27 minutes. That's right. Okay. I will focus with one passage where you take a stab at me. No, no, no. I want in a very naive, serious way okay. to raise the question. Okay. I agree with you that and some of my formulations are clumsy in this way, that this simple historicization, like every moment is history, is the end of history, history. it's too simple. Uh, But nonetheless, um, this is not even a polemical question. Like, do you have an answer to this one? If you read Hegel closely, uh, I see two problems here. You still see that at some rhetorical level, rhetorical level, he concedes his own, the historicity of his own system. In the sense that, for example, not only in the history of philosophy, uh, philosophy of history. Or philosophy of right, the preface. Yes, yes. Also, philosophy of history, where he says, Quite in a quite ingenious, empirically correct, nice way that apropos Russia and United States, that's there. Yes. The next century will be there. Right. Blah blah blah. Right. Uh, uh, also, again, I quote it. You must know it better than me. At the very end of, at the absolute end of his system, he, uh, 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 history of philosophy, he says, arriving at him through Kant, Fichte, Schelling, and him. This is today's stand of absolute spirit or whatever. And he again says, for the time be at this point. Okay, I ask you a question. Okay. No, 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 but it's not, I'm not a, I'm not a evil, falsely open teacher here. Okay. It's not that I have an answer and we play these games. Will you guess what is the truth? No. But does Hegel, what's exact status? in the terms of his own philosophy of this self-relativization. Does he have the means to theorize it? Or is this even, I accept all kinds of answers. Like you can claim this is a wrong question or whatever. No, but I don't think it's wrong. I, what's, again, what's the, what's the philosophical status, not empirical, of these gestures of self-relativization? I think that's his only, I think he, I think there is something to your, I don't reject your historicization of. No, but my point is how to think it. I understand, I understand. So, but my point is that he would, I think that he, those, those points at which he's gesturing towards something outside are his ways of acknowledging the, his own limitation, but un, uh, he's completely unable to say anything about it. And I think. But is this our fate? Because, again, he would be right to make the counterpoint that any explicit self-historicization, you are back in this meta-language, you look at you from above, outside history as a historical phenomenon. This, I agree with him, it's always a lie to historicize yourself. Right, but but I think what he sees as the way in which what he... I think you can see... Here's what I would say. Within... What you formulate, you can see the points of Fisher that point towards something else. But I, I what do you mean by Fisher? Like, points where the the your the, the points of unease within your own record. But again, fuck you! You are a little bit avoiding my question, which is 
Can we theorize this, Anish? No, I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't think it's... No, but I'm, I'm not... Again, I don't have an answer. Yeah. So this... Is this maybe the ultimate Hegel specimen or whatever? Right. Yes. We cannot theorize it. Yes, I don't it. think we can theorize it. I think all that we can do... That would be an answer. But, okay, now I will make the second point. Okay. End of history and so on. Yeah. Uh, that I, now, think he, I think he really believes that he's at the end of history, just to be clear, right? Like, that's what you're... Thinking. Yeah, but at the same time, again, he gives hints of who knows what will come. Right, but I... I say this, that I think he thinks the ultimate revelation of history, that that substance is finally always going to be... I know, I saw your point there. That's my second point now. No, before I come to the second point, I will add a third point already now. Like, uh, because then... uh, a brutally naive empirical question. I like them. Okay. What do you say about uh, Hegel's logic? Can we simply stick to it? What to do with it today? Because uh, contrary to some guys, I think Pippin takes this very seriously. Hegel right. provided the definitive account, and Pippin, if I remember it correctly, even attacks Brandom for, like, historicizing it a little bit, linking... But nonetheless, I'm asking you a brutally naive question. It's very fashionable and so on. Take something like quantum physics. I doubt if you have in Hegel's logic enough categories to grasp the implicit... No, I agree with that. So So what do we do here? Do we write another logic or what? No, no I a think very you, naive history. No, I know. I think yeah. you could. I think you could, except I think that the, what's interesting, and I think quantum physics, and I think this is something you say a lot, quantum physics would in no way refute the end point of the logic. I just think... No, no, no. So I, my point would be that I think I think the, our trajectory to get to that end point, if we rewrote it, would be, radic- would be different. Just because... Like the empirical the development of science has changed, so it would be different. But I think ultimately the absolute idea for him could—I don't think it could be different. No, with here, with you, I agree okay. here. Sure. Yeah, but nonetheless, you see, I see a problem there. Like, what should we do today? Now, the traumatic point. Okay. I agree with you that for Hegel, at least in the sense that you develop political freedom. In some sense, this is the end point. But uh, what about this notion? And uh, nonetheless, I'm trying to defend a little bit Marx here, not in this naive Marxist way. You remember yesterday I pointed out that this idea, which is a way too simple reading of Hegel, that Hegel came too early. You know, for Marx, no, he didn't see what's real. For Fukuyama, it's today. For the singularity idiots, it's only with uh, singularity. And for Kurzawa, it's Japan. Or it's Japan. Yeah, although I think maybe I always sympathize with Kurzawa, Japan, <laughs> idea of Japan, this idea, this idea of this snobbery, little gestures, <laughs> and so on. But uh, what about this basic idea that in some sense then, at the purely spiritual level, it's already with Christianity that it happens, the end of history. Yes, yes. You have, okay, yes. then except, why not? Except, 
except except I, what? Except it takes Reformation and it takes Protestantism for Hegel to be possible, for that recognition to be possible. Yes, precisely but, because uh, yeah. the Catholic. But then, yeah, no, go sorry, I'm I just sorry. think the Catholic but, Church yeah, 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 introduces yeah. itself into the middle of the Christian. Absolutely, right. no, so no, then, I'm here an old-fashioned Protestant yeah, and yeah. so on. But nonetheless, I would say. Although Marx is here in very dangerous waters, but why not allow, although I don't know in what form, certainly not in how communism appeared in the 20th century, to claim that nonetheless political freedom, that's the whole point of Marx, can de facto function as a form of social unfreedom. Do we accept this or can we imagine another step? I, I don't accept that. But I think... How I'm tempted to accept it. You would accept it. Yes. See, but, but tell me why. Be more precise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I don't think... I think... I because think a political freedom all relies on the idea of public political space versus civil society Well, space. I think it does for us. But again, I think this is what I... I mean. What you I think just, it doesn't for Hegel? I think it doesn't necessarily for Hegel. And so I think the notion of what political freedom might be is is open. I think that... I think for him, I think that's the... That's one... One, no, wait, one wait, result... Yeah, yeah. So let me finish. One result... I'm sorry, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, yeah. One result of saying that we've reached the end of history is to say what's... That, all of a sudden, we have a radical opening to define what precisely political freedom is. So I think that's a, I think that's open. Mm -hmm. I don't think that that's in any way, I don't think that's in any way restricted to what we've already mm -hmm. seen as the as the. No, my point here would have been that, with all his one-sidedness and so on, Marx was aware of something. When Hegel speaks about market capital, he still thinking in this basically pre-capitalist artisanal terms and yeah. so on. Yeah. This collective power of big industry capital is outside his scope. So again, here, I know I first I'm I'm the first one to recognize the trouble here, the deadlock of Marxism, mm -hmm. because you know what's for me precisely concerning this problem of social freedom, the big problem of Marxism to the horror of some of my friends, I quoted here, just to annoy them, from Ayn Rand Atlas Tract, where she says something which uh, Marx was also aware, that, okay, money means, even if there is formal freedom, uh, you are de facto uh, servant, uh, okay. Right. But nonetheless, money means that your relation of servitude is objectified in money, which means at least as a subject personally you gain freedom. And she is right to point out, it's horror to mention it, Ayn Rand, that uh, Marxists, when they came to power, Soviet Union and so on, thought, okay, that's not enough, we'll do actual freedom. But because they couldn't really do it, you lost even the, the freedom that you right, right, had, right, yeah. because uh, uh, like, if you abolish money in a wrong way, they didn't abolish it in Soviet Union, but they did, uh, like, marginalize it. No, it wasn't yeah. really a market money economy. It means that personal, re direct personal relations of domination have to, sorry, it, have to return, you know. This is a serious problem. It's, again, 
a very risky when you say it's just formal freedom. Okay, but I nonetheless like that forum. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I agree with you. Here, so I just want to say that here I am unsure and so on. Yeah. Okay, second point. Okay. It's more modest. Uh, here it's a more theoretical disagreement, or I will be polite and say, now this, I like this evil formulation, maybe I would just put uh, the accent in a slightly different way, as they say. <laughs> you know, you have one quote apropos psychoanalysis and Hegel, where uh, one passage, I forgot which page of the book, when you say how... Hegel would have been much clearer in his formulations right. if he had the Freudian apparatus. Right. And then, now comes the surprise, you quote a passage from Hegel, which you claim it's deplorable, blah, blah. I love that passage. You know, when Hegel says, the absolute doesn't wait for us, it is always already actualized, it is not waiting for us. Now, of course, if you read this literally, it's not subject as substance. It's substance is out there actualized. Yeah, yeah. But I think Hegel is onto something quite ingenious here. That to see his point, you must read this in this more paradoxical way. The absolute is out there, always already accomplished. Right. But stating this, Asserting this subjectively is the ultimate performative act. Like, you know, yeah. that this always a retroactive appearance, blah, blah, blah. So I would say I'm following here my good guy, Jean-Pierre Dupuy, who plays the same game and says, look at two examples, totally opposite, market Protestantism and Stalinism. They are at the same time total determinists, no freedom, historical necessity, predestination. But the way they act is as if, yes, but will this eternal fate actualize itself? It all depends on us. So maybe I would try to save that passage of Hegel. It's much more ambiguous. Yeah, I agree. Because you should be against this. I don't agree with this idea, existentialist. Hegel is wrong to see history as concluded. No, it's always open struggle. No, that's no, exactly yeah, what I'm arguing against. Yeah. So, yeah, okay, yeah. just that passage. Yeah, yeah, no, I, 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 Second thing, yeah. I buy these new contradictions and so on. I just, okay, this is a local step. It's easy for you to answer it. When you say uh, that uh, contradiction, always new contradiction, but you know, this doesn't exclude necessarily totalitarian terror. Mao always emphasized this. No, I know. Even That's in communism, I, I there will be contradictions, right. they're eternal, right. and right. so on and so on. So, <laughs> sorry, but I, you give some hints at it. What I would like, that's what I try to improvise later in my talk a little bit. Nonetheless, to be... Sometimes you sound as if, oh, we never get rid of a contradiction, it just go, oh, goes on... Okay, well, I think read, that's a hysterical position, and I think that's... Yeah, I yeah, try to yeah because if you say this, then... Then it's just... And like you that. don't... You can easily draw the conclusion, why then fight at all? Right, right. What if we get an even worse sheet? Or, I think this is another position I attack, the, 
like the position of Camus, like it's the struggle itself that is what. No, no, that's too simple. Which I, no, that's no, no, I'm Hegel. totally against that. That's what I just. This wanted. is what this false historicist dialectician right. say. It's an open pro- blah blah blah. Right. But uh, the line, how I would defend myself, is that nonetheless. You have a more precise formulation, a more intractable contradiction. Yes. This does not mean things can get even worse. They can, but this not the way I would have seen the solution, and you say this at other places repeatedly, is how the progress is that eternal external contradiction gets through reconciliation transformed into immanent. I contradiction. That's that, that yes. maybe you should more emphasize, should more emphasize it. it yes. Yeah, you know, to avoid this simplest conclusion. Yeah, the struggle goes always yeah, yeah, on, yeah. and so on and so on. You know. I think that's. I think that's really. I mean, I think that that idea of internalizing the contradiction, yeah. like making it imminent, yeah. is that is what that is the mom, the movement that he's constantly describing, right? Like, yeah, I think that's it. That's yeah, and I agree with your. Implicit uh, critique of Marx. Okay, you have some ambiguous statements in Marx and so on and so on. But again, my big reproach to Marx is nonetheless that his, as I repeatedly wrote, his idea of communism is capitalism without capitalism. You get the same dynamic of self-overcoming. Marx is still obsessed with this typically capitalist dream, eternal self-expansion. He thinks he can get it without surplus value, without the excess, without the obstacle. When Marx says at a certain stage, relations of production, capitalists become an obstacle. Yes, but that's why capitalism develops, you know. Right. He, he falls into evo- well, evolutionary... Logic. Right, and I think it's linked to his notion that we can overcome contradiction because that's, like, contradiction is the Hegel's way of formulating the notion of the necessity of the obstacle. Right, like, that's yeah. good. Yeah. That's just, I mean, I think that... That's although, no wonder, although I would have said that maybe that's why Marx never ventured into formulating his basic his philosophical yeah, because yeah. he would have immediately saw the problem. Saw the problem and he had to avoid it. You know, yeah. this is in did you read that book? Somebody sent me a digital version of a dialogue between Nancy and Badiou on no, German no, idealism, no, no. Kant Hegel in English. The German guy Jan Volker published it. Yeah. Uh, and uh, there although I'm generally on you side, blah, blah. Nancy has one point. He says that quite often Marx is not philosopher enough in the sense that he simply relies on basic philosophical notions without defining them, as analyzing them as categories yeah. and so on and so on. For example, what he What is his response to that? Do you... Like, does he, have he doesn't have. I think he even ignores this yeah, point, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, more or less. Yeah. You know, in this sense, although Marx did a tremendous job by applying Hegel on a critique of political economy, right. all that stuff, and so on and so on, but he never raised this. Okay. Yeah, 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 sorry. Really I, I fi- okay, I finished. Okay, and we're back. Uh, and you just heard uh, Todd and Slavoj, and I, I do think it's worth underscoring, you mentioned this in the beginning, um, that this was, if you, so this, what, what is this? This is sort of like, um, this is sort of like a joke about like the Beatles music. If you play it backwards, it'll, you know, like Paul, Paul is dead. Paul right? is like dead. Right. Yeah. There's Paul McCartney 
because uh, all I do is uh, educate you about The Simpsons on this podcast. Um, right. There's an episode of The Simpsons that Paul McCartney is on where he says, if you play Maybe I'm Amazed backwards, you get a really, uh, I think, what is the phrase he says? A really kicking uh, recipe for uh, like lentil soup or something like that. Um, <laughs> That's really funny, right? Yeah, it's pretty good. Um, and uh, it's a, Lisa the Vegetarian, I think is the name of the episode. But right. um, anyway, if you play this backwards, like the, the sections we interview with Slavoj, it's that's actually the 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 way that that it, that it occurred but we cut it up this way because i think it makes it i think it makes the conversation actually more explicable um and it's a, like easier to talk about the uh, the parts and i think that it uh nicely um well i think it's it's a it's a nice um what's the word I want to want to find it's it's like performative in the the Austin sense of like the of of the notion of the end of history or the notion of retroactivity like a, a yeah, ne- yeah. Need, needing the end to make sense at the beginning so we gave you the end first we gave you make, the end first right yeah the yeah, the the discussion of Lacan came at the end the discussion of Marx came in the middle so we gave oh, it to you right? really yeah it's a very strange order that we put it out in but <laughs> fantastic that's great that's so um yeah. what do we ha- where do we want to start well let's start with this idea of of the end of history, because I think mm-hmm. that, I mean we talked about that maybe a lot in the before the interview, but I think it's mm-hmm. I think that was the point that Slavoj um, wanted to wanted to start with, and I think mm-hmm. it's an interesting question, and I think the the idea that we we actually can have an experience of the end of history is seems crazy, and I think that mm-hmm. it's and so it makes a lot of sense to me why readers of Hegel wanted to relativize that or even not even think it was wrong or there's a whole way of reading Hegel and this is actually pretty it's not the dominant one but it's a pretty mm-hmm. widespread one that says you know he actually never even thought that we got to the end of history that this mm-hmm. is just Kojev's idea that he's that he is made widespread although the problem is that Hegel actually does say it. So, so it, you just have to think, oh, he just didn't really mean it those times he said it. And, and you have to just minimize those. Right, right, right. A few times. But, you know, it does, there's a certain sense to that because it doesn't seem like it really, but, you know, it doesn't seem like, why would he think that? It seems like, I mean, he's the philosopher who basically introduced history into philosophy. Hmm. So why would he at the same time want to say we've, I'm, I've, I'm at once introducing history into philosophy and I'm saying history's over. And that, right, seems, right, right. that seems strange. But my idea was that, that if you read uh, the philosophy of history, as I said before, in light of the logic, science of logic, and the, the, the idea that he gets to in the science of logic is that being itself is contradictory, right? Mm-hmm, that if we mm-hmm. follow the lessons of logic, that we can discover the contradictory nature of being. And this is, leads to another question that Slavoj asked me. He said, would you have to revise anything based on the discoveries of modern science, modern right. physics? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's interesting that I that that I. It's a funny f- question for him to answer. Ask because he's the one who really has explored quantum mechanics and and all of modern physics in light of Hegel's Hegel's thought. And and I think what's what I would say is that, and this is what I said to him in the interview that. It's own that there's no the end point is not the same that so all these scientific discoveries I wonder what you think about this mm-hmm. haven't have changed the way that we would get to the end point but yeah. they haven't changed the end point itself which is and I think Hegel's wager would be that they no scientific discovery could because the end point is always going to be that contradiction is actual that we cannot overcome it yeah I 
I, w- I mean, I, I wouldn't endorse that. I mean, you, you, you set that up for me to, to, to agree because I am very much uh, like where I would intervene in this is not, not cause uh, physics and science, not necessarily in my bag, but I, but it's I, not your bag, yeah. not my bag, but I, not, not my bag, baby. Right. But, <laughs> um, yeah, that's for you. The, the, um, <laughs> but technology, technology yeah. is, and I think that, uh, it's, well, that's, I, if I can yeah. just say, I think it's a really, that's the key place, right? Yeah. So, yeah. So go ahead. Oh, no, I was just gonna say like, you know, people are very invested when people talk about progress. Yeah. Um, it, it is, a, it's ideological because what they are almost always talking about is technological advancement. They're never talking about, uh, you know, uh, societal or political progress. It's always like, the, and I don't know, I don't know whether if this is the, I, I don't know whether to, to, to say if this is the, the form or the, or, or the content. Cause it's, it's, it's hard, but, but, um, it's hard to suss w- which is which, but like the, the, t- because technology is different because, because the, 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 like the, the things that we interact with on a daily basis look different than they did in 1980s. I think many people are predisposed to saying that there's like undeniable progress because like certain things have become more efficient, right? This is a language of capital as well. Yeah. Um, that, and again, it's like the, this techno technological thing. And so when, um, so the only actually, and I think you can see this, do, have you seen this recently, this, like this week about, um, Apple has a, has a stand for a, for their, I did see this. Yeah. Okay. They have a stand yeah. for one of their computers. One of their new computers, it costs like $5,000 yeah. and it has a stand that also costs, that costs a thousand dollars. And just people, I thought like, it was three, but maybe I'm wrong. Okay. Well, the, the, the stand, the, the, the stand, stand is, I thought the stand was three, but no, I know no, no, it's, it's nine ninety nine. It's yeah, okay. it's, it's a thousand dollars and they're just getting ripped from pillar to post all yeah. over, all over the internet. And what, what is the reason is, is that like, it's not an advance in technology. That's why it just looks like you're paying way too much money for something that is not, does not progress in quotation marks. That's why I think that, 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 that because people would be happily pay. Nobody, right. Whereas no, if it's progress, you would pay. You would pay. Exactly. Yeah. Which was why when they had this computer that like, I read like a number of articles that were like the computer that they displayed for $5,000 was pretty hefty. But when you look at the features and blah, 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 it's like, oh, okay, so it's progress. But it's like, but then this thing that's a stand for it, that just seems, you know, like just asinine. It's like, well, why, why would I pay for that? There's no, there's no progress. I can't acquire, you know, technological progress with this. And, and that, that's what I, what I, what I think is at, is at root there. So anyway. So I yeah. Mean, so do you yeah, think, yeah. is the idea that then if we just get enough technological progress, we'll overcome contradiction? I mean, Absolutely. I think this is. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's what I think. That's what yeah. I think many people think. Many people and think. I, I mean, yeah, isn't that yeah, the Elon yeah. Musk idea? Like, yes. Absolutely. We can we can create eternal life, or that we can you know all these things that if we just progressed enough. Well, t- Todd, it's like it's like climate change. Like I saw this thing about like oh if we create this is so I thought it was so funny we can put um uh, uh metal trees that trap carbon and uh like to 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 slow climate change and you know what does that fucking trees do that like so and we're just getting rid of them and so we're going to replace them with 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 mechanical uh, ones to do not as well as what a tree could do i just think that's so i stupid. like that you, you say like we have a we have a thing for that already it's called yeah, it's, a called, tree. it's called trees yeah yeah <laughs> 
That's like you're famous about regardless. Anyway. Oh, yeah, 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 irregardless. We have a perfect have a word, word for it. it. It's called regardless. Oh, <laughs> it's a metal tree? Yeah, we got a really great thing for it. It's called a tree. Like, and right, right. we're like, so the, yeah, so the solution for deforestation is not to stop that, but we'll right. just put, we'll just put metal trees like somewhere uh, on the earth to do not as much as what a tree could do. And like, so I, I do, yeah, I think that people are, are, are heavily invested in, uh, in, in that idea as like, yeah, th- this this progression of technology, and I, you know, like so, what Slavoj talks about it with, with science, but I think that really it is it, it um, when and I don't know when precisely this would have happened because like the 19th century, like, you know, when, when Hegel's writing and Marx is writing is very much a time of, of like political, like thought of thinking about political progress. Right. And I don't, so, and I don't know precisely when, I mean, it's maybe too easy to say industrialization, but I'm not sure when it happened that like thinking progress moved from like the, uh, Social Again, I don't know. I don't know if yeah, I don't know if it's form a form or content. Like 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 societal like like the relations between people, or and then it moved to relations uh, between things. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't know. That's a good way to think of it. I mean, to think of it in terms of commodity fetishism. Like yeah, that. right, right. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting though that that I want to. I have a tougher question for you. Oh sure, but I I do think that that's. I think you're right to say the belief that, and I, I think in a way the belief in technology is a displaced belief in science, that, yeah. that mm-hmm. science in some way will allow us to overcome contradiction. And we just mm-hmm. translate mm-hmm. that into technology. But right, I, I think right, it's right. the same thing. Mm-hmm. And I think if anything, modern science is showing us the opposite, that it keep, that the more discoveries that, that are made, the more that Hegel's point about contradiction actually seems right, that that I mean, the, if if there's ever been a field that's that's immersed in the reality or the actuality of contradiction, it's quantum mechanics, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. So well, that and, and, well, like yeah. like one plus one doesn't equal one anymore. Like in certain like in certain right. like scenarios, right. right? Yeah, absolutely. Right. Like yeah. right, right. So it's it's really amazing to me that that Hegel was even a pre-Einsteinian thinker. I mean, it's almost like he he had to have come afterwards. So I think that's an incredible. Like he gets to that position through just thinking through the contradictions of the science of his time. But it's Mm -hmm. amazing that he's kind of, I think, presages what's going to, what's going to come. But I want, here's my tougher question. Okay, sure, sure. Yeah. So I think you're right about the technology, but what about this idea about progress on social questions? So Mm -hmm. take, for instance, I don't know, attitude toward gay marriage, right? Like, Mm -hmm. wouldn't everybody say, wouldn't Mm -hmm. almost everybody say, except you know, reactionaries that are against mm-hmm. it, whatever, mm-hmm. that we've progressed as a society on the question, on the acceptance of gay marriage. Yeah. And just I on th- the acceptance of homosexuality as such. I think, yes. I think, th- however, uh, as we kind of talked about in the, the last episode, and uh, I brought I brought up um, Val Roy's book, which the title is Lost Causes. Uh, Lost uh, Causes, yeah, there yeah, you go. that's right. Um, I think that was primarily achieved with recourse to science. I think many, I think everybody is pretty, like once enough people were convinced, oh, this it's not a, quote, alternative lifestyle, and it's not a choice, it's biology, then I think that was the... Uh, then I think that's that's sort of the acceptance. Like, oh, they, they can't do anything about it. It's like, so why? So why? Yeah, but, why? Why but, would okay, I do? Okay, okay, and okay. and and so th- I think that it's yes, like absolutely. And I think this is like, um, this is sort of like this is Val's point in the in that book is that like it's um, it makes 
Well, it makes like uh, like a queer sexuality just like as teleological as like heterosexuality, yeah. uh, right. you know, and, and, and it, uh, anyway, like, uh, so that I, 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 I think that, yes, certainly like the, the, like uh, undeniable progress, but like the, the mechanism from it, uh, it, it is deeply ideological and yes. That, so what, what's your, your follow-up? Well, my follow-up, okay, so we'll take a different thing then. Take a, okay. take one, I mean, I don't necessarily care about the mechanism. Like, you're, yeah, yeah. I, I, I want to just, like, is there progress on that question? Like, or is, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I guess my question is, is there some way in which, does the actuality of contradiction, mm-hmm. you accept that, I think, right? Yeah. Or the, yeah, eternal, the, the eternity of the eternal, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. okay. Eternal you accept contradiction, that. yeah. So mm-hmm. does that preclude any idea of progress. And I think you're going to say no, be mm. right. Like I'm going to say no. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, I think, uh, the, so, okay. So I think this is probably good to, the, to suss out like the yeah. hyster- hysterical contradiction, right? These are the two p- positions that, you, that the two of you end up talking about. Right. Is, right. is this, um, idea that like, Okay. Yes. Totally. Contradiction. Absolutely. There's contradiction. But what we what we need is uh, we need a new thing. We need a new contradiction, and what that will do is it will solve all the problems of the present. It it, it will it will uh, it will quilt the field to use the right. Lacanian words, right? Um, and that's like this. Uh, well, oh, I don't know. It, yeah. Okay, what are you? No, I just was gonna say, isn't the idea that like whatever comes up. We got to keep, you always got to keep protesting and fighting against yeah, right. that to create, to, to generate something, always be generating something new. Always be closing, right? Like that's. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't and that I, the idea of this? I think so. Isn't that the hysterical point? Like no, no master is ever good enough. Right. Right. And so that is kind of a, um, I mean, is it, and I think this is the, a flight from, the idea of eternal contradiction, right? Okay. Like, which is this, like, thinking in terms of, uh, of imminence. And I think, well, one problem with this here is that, like, that, like, okay, there will never, like, this will just all, like, this will always happen. Like, this, like, yeah. this contradiction is, um, since, since people, since subjectivity is, is, contra- is contradictory, you're not going to get outside right. of this because you can right, never get right. outside Accepted. of yourself. Yeah. Accepted. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, so, I actually think where like one of the, the, the our questions, at least for this podcast, is like how does that recog- recognition um, yeah. not lead to a cynical position, which is like right. there's not there's nothing to do if, if, if this is just going to be this way forever anyway. Right, well, but like, I want right, to yeah. yeah. No, I understand that's a really good question, but my I want to just hang on this other but question yeah, for ahead, a sure. second. Like, so what what would you say about this idea that so you're 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 constantly like what's wrong with Mm-hmm. Constantly seeking out the new contradiction, which isn't this is, what you talked about with Camus? Isn't that it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I, and Slavoj yeah. and I talked about this. So, but I, I mean, I, I would, I just like to. We didn't talk about it that much, but I'd like to. We both well, rejected it, but I'd it like seems to flush like not, out. Yeah. Oh, okay. Sure. I, I think because it's that actually doesn't seem like a proper contradiction, does it? Like, like it's it's oh, actually it's more yeah. like. It's more like a submission. This is that's the note that I actually had on that section of your conversation. Okay. Okay. That that was the word choice that I thought. Like it's a total, it's a total submission to the situation, and it's actually not, uh, it's actually not a reckoning of 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 the contradiction of of the of the like the um, of the coherence between 
or I guess I put it this way of the coherence of the incoherence of the like internal contradiction needing of the, like the in, internal needing the external of the, of, of the, the one needing the thing that would like seemingly yeah. destroy the, 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 the position of the other, I guess, or I sorry, get, okay. I use the other. I, the, I, yeah. Okay. Yeah, go ahead. No, yeah. I understand. I understand. Yeah. I understand. I'm just, I'm just trying to get my head around why the, what would be the, the difference between, mm-hmm. um, this, this idea of eternal struggle, mm-hmm. right? Eternal struggle. And that, that always accepts that the contradiction will never escape it, but we're eternally struggling. And on the other side, which I think that's not my position. I think mm-hmm. that's hysterical, mm-hmm. but the other position which would be a reconciliation with contradiction. Right. Well, isn't that the, the so that's internalizing the imminence of yeah. contradiction. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's imminent. Right. That's right. making it imminent. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but but then okay. isn't isn't that I guess and then I want to tie this back to your notion of progress I guess okay so okay okay <laughs> so isn't it isn't the let's say we're we've made progress what's the one we both admit that there's been some like uh, uh, feminism right we both admit that don't we both accept this that there's been some historical progress on the I question mean, of feminism? Certainly. Like you have, well, no, and I, I agree. I certainly agree on like gay marriage. Like certainly. Okay. Like, okay. Like, All right. Yeah, well, let's sure. just take feminism since right, like, right, the, right. The, the trajectory toward it maybe is less problematic. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, uh, so, okay. We sec- so is, isn't that progress mm-hmm. due to this, uh, uh, what do I don't want to call it? Like a, mm-hmm. like a constant, seeking out a constant like refusal to be reconciled to contradiction in other words yeah you see what i'm saying like isn't i do this, see what you're saying yeah. like well like okay so i guess i want to flip it around would you say then that the uh that 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 progress was achieved through meet the new boss same as the old boss well, no, I don't think so. I don't because I don't think so either. So that yeah. that's what I would say the the difference is then because yeah. that because that to me that that's the difference. I think that's the difference between the historical position on contradiction and then the eternal uh, position is that like well, I th- I think that the the hysterical one is sustained by like we've we've done. I actually think it it um, I actually think it grafts uh, far more easily onto like neoliberal notions of progress, which is the exact same notion of technological process, which is right. Like, okay, right. I think, no, I think they are, they go, yeah. they, they, they fall together. I agree with that. Yeah. Which is like, we have this, I guess I'm maybe, you know what I put it this way? Maybe this might be a way of separating them is I think the hysterical position is a nominalist one it, where, where it's like, it's like, it, it is like, we have this, this is a, a, a clear, Okay, like let's bring it to technology. It's like okay, um, we don't we don't know. So we have we okay. Well, I'll bring it back to Apple. It's like all right, we have cell phones. People like cell phones, and like don't you remember they kept getting smaller? They yeah. were into, to the fa- point where there was that joke in the movie Zoolander where like the phones were so tiny, and now they're now you know they're trying to open and, and listen to it, and now just like they keep they just keep getting bigger. Like how can we get make a like a phone that's bigger? And so like the intervention was was Apple, which is like well how do we solve the touchscreen? How do we make right. it? And like, I remember uh, working at Walmart at this time and people were just like, I, wait, so there's no buttons. You just, it's like, no, you just type on the screen and they're like, I'll never do that. And everyone does it like, you know, right. practically speaking. Um, and so anyway, that is, is like, like that little, that's like thinking of something as small as that, as the contradiction that needs to be overcome. We need to overcome like the, the, the touchscreen or like, or what is like, um, 
or what is like what is um, uh, Amazon trying to overcome except for like well now what they're trying to do with Alexa and all these things is actually overcoming the need for a screen. These are right. all screenless right. technology. So that I think is the kind of contradiction that technology sees, and it's actually I think always achievable and it always and it just kicks the the can uh down the line for like the next thing that is like a like it seems like a problem right. but it has nothing no, I to agree do with that. it has nothing to that. do with it's, it's it's not a properly it's certainly not a properly political problem it's not a properly existential problem right. uh and it's certainly not a, a like a social one like these more intractable ones that like that that are imminent that that like that that uh cause us to have to deal with much more thornier questions so that that would be that would be how i would separate the two okay okay yeah. so so let me just uh, you go ahead see if you accept this so okay. so would could you say this that the difference is that the hysterical constant revolt is never never sees like the, the like i i guess my question is mm-hmm. is the is that hysterical revolt mm-hmm. is it politically effective or is it is there a way in which Hegel's reconciliation with contradiction mm-hmm. can be seen as a effective politics? And I think that's an so to me that's an open question because I think mm-hmm. you know like it, it could very well be that let's say the first suffragettes right like mm-hmm. couldn't their idea have been once we get the vote then we'll have over like we'll have overcome con- like that will sure. you know so yeah. it could have been or that or that like no matter what we get, it's never going to be enough, which is the hysterical position. Right, right. right. Mm-hmm. Um, so it could have been either of those things and it still could have been an effective politics. But I guess mm-hmm. I, I was thinking, I, I, part feminism is very appealing to me in this way because I think it's very Hegelian in the way that part of the, the structure of patriarchy mm-hmm. is to, de- isn't it, I think this is true, it's to deny women the, their very being as contradictory. Right? Yeah. Like there isn't yeah. that the point that that and this is what I think what the basic function of ideology is to take contradiction and turn it into difference, which is funny because Deleuze, I think, would say the basic function of ideology is exactly the opposite. It's to yeah, take difference yeah, take and difference turn into contra- yeah, yeah, turn yeah. into contradiction. Mm-hmm. Um so so I mean I we could be wrong, I could be wrong, but mm-hmm. I, but I think this is the basic and so I think it it works this way. So you have some women who are virgins, right? And you have some women who are sluts or whatever the pejorative term is, right? And and the two are separate. Right, okay. And that's ideology. And isn't the fact that women are – to say that women are contradictory and to reconcile ourselves with contradiction is to say, no, they're actually that, – that every woman is both things at once. Like just like every man is. Like so I think mm-hmm. under patriarchy, men are allowed to be contradictory. Yeah, yeah. Right, right, like, right, right. They're right, allowed right. to be devout and – slutty and they're yeah. you know what i mean they're allowed well, but, to be but don't pure. you think so yeah. yeah well i i guess i would put it this way is that like th- this is why there's not this is why it's not an effective politics coming from the like the the male position uh or the the there's not an effective there's there's it's not an effective uh, politics of, of patriarchy because that actually eliminates the contradiction Right, right, right. There's, right. there's actually no contradiction there. It's actually like that's just what, what is it? Boys being boys. It is what it is. What is it? What it is. Well, that's right? interesting. Like, so, yeah. but those terms, that's fascinating, though. So, so they're allowed to be contradictory, but we just 
that, that we just gloss over the con. We just right, just like right. that it's, it's, phrase that, that you just had: boys exactly. being boys. Right. right. That it, it is what it is. Like that's 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 how that's that's right. how it is. A right. equals a. That's that's it. And then and then uh, women can't simply be the like the one thing. That would be that would fit into the uh, the, the patriarchal non contradictory universe, right? Like, isn't because like think about I mean you can actually see this in any like um, falsely utopian uh, film, yeah. right? Like where the like because like women are are, are both are actually they are both at the like um, I think Stepford Wives is a pretty good example. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know where it's um, they they're like the home homemakers and then the sexual beings at the pleasure of the men, but like it's but they're primary identity is like the perfect um like social facing uh social facing face to use the same word twice of (laughs) of of like um like oh i don't know almost like solemn like 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 virginity and 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 like incivility i guess is probably the word yeah so anyway that's it's it's always basically it's always it's attempt i think if we were going to read it this way it's an attempt to uh take contradiction away from uh Women from women, yeah, yeah which is yeah, no, which absolutely. is the, the very root of the feminist position, which is what makes it threatening, uh, which right, is what right. makes it actually the site of an actual politics. Right. Uh, I think yeah, I think yeah. there's a way. I mean, I obviously no one put it in Hegelian terms. No one said we are contradictory when they're right, burning right. bras or something. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. basically, that was what the position was. Like yeah. we are. Like I think that's what the slut walk is. Right. The slut yeah. walk is to say, look, I'm this normal, non-slutty person, and I'm this slutty person at both these contradictory things I am. Mm -hmm, Right. mm -hmm. So I feel like there's there's no, like there, there need not be this, like what, like the, the value position put on this coming from this like patriarchal position that doesn't do the same thing for men. Like it doesn't, 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 well, no, because they're allowed to be contradictory. Right. Right. Cause so I feel like, I feel like there's a way in which feminism, maybe more than any other movement, at least to my maybe maybe this is maybe you can think of the same thing in other movements too, but really takes up this idea that by reconciling ourselves with contradiction, that's that's the basis of our politics. And I think this is why I think in our signifier of the left, I like I, I think I said this briefly and then, but I I didn't have it in those terms, but I, but I I think that's why like you know feminism is one of the like that could just like you make, like that as an idea, yeah, as a, that, a signifier for the left, yeah, I, th- yeah. I think especially because. Like you have, um, my, my God, like Joss Whedon, who in, in, I don't know where he did this, who, who he said he wasn't a feminist and he went into this long thing about why, right. like, like you can tell, like, I, I've, I just always thought like, you can tell how threatening and what, what, and I think another way of putting it would be actualizing like a term, uh, is by if people wanting to soften it. You know, yeah, and yeah. and I and I and I think that's the, you know when you see m- more people who like you know it's like oh do you identify as a feminist like it's a like it's a threatening thing like yeah it should be right. like it is it is threatening like that's the whole and you know I love the the bell hooks definition right like to say you're uh, a, a feminist is to be like you know anti supremacist and 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 like it's anti patriarchal and it's anti capital like it's and it, like that's what that that's what it means. Yeah, that's pretty good. You know, yeah. um, Hillary Neroni, my spouse, once I, I this is one of my favorite things she ever did. So we were out with, um, I think she was in front of students. I think some student asked her. They said, mm-hmm. student said, "Are you a feminist?" And she goes, "No, no, no." And I'm like, "Oh my god, what's she going to say?" Because she goes, "No, no, no. 
I'm a radical militant feminist. <laughs> 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 that, that was such a great because it, it like that's it's awesome. So, it, it so captured the contradict. Like at first, it's the di- you know the seeming disavowal of the term, yeah, yeah. and then like the doubling down on it. I yeah, think, right, right. No, that's great. That to show that yeah, that's pretty great. Yeah, but I think that's a good. So I do think that. I mean, this would be my position that mm-hmm. you could forge, or and you, you don't even have to forge it. You can see the way in which, what's what has been politics or what has been leftist politics has been, has operated when it's been genuinely leftist politics has operated mm-hmm. with this Hegelian idea of reconciling ourselves with contradiction because it's and, not the end. Because it's not. I think this is. Sorry. I just want to. I just want to go back to my like the the point that I brought up about like well how do how do you how do you solve the risk of, of not falling into cynicism? It's because contradiction is not the enemy of progress. Right. It's right. the, the right. engine right. for it. And but no, it's, it, in, you need to adopt the proper orientation toward that contradiction correct. to ensure that kind of progress. And that's what we've just been trying to work out like last like right. 10 minutes. Correct. Yeah. I would even I think I would say this that that progress is moving in the direction of reconciling ourselves with contradiction. Yeah. Right. And yeah, like yeah, it's, yeah. and and so I think the reason why progress is always going to be unending and like that we're never going to reach an end point even though mm-hmm. there isn't is because you can never fully embody that reconciliation with the end of with with contradiction, right? Because you're always mm-hmm. going to be part there's always going to be this this part of you that's attached to identity that can't fully accept the you know, it's like the end of analysis. Are you ever fully yeah, at the yeah, end yeah. of analysis? I think it's right, a similar right. kind of move. No, no. I think that's great. I, I just want to, maybe because yeah, yeah. we, we didn't touch on this on this side of the interview, I want to maybe f- conclude with this idea of freedom and political mm. freedom versus mm. the rejection of it. And I wondered um, what you thought about that. So so Slavoj basically, he, he interrogates me for, <laughs> he accepts this idea that this idea that we recognize contradiction and that's the end of history accepts that critique. But then, then I said, so the way this manifests itself is in freedom in the mm-hmm. recognition that we're, that we're necessarily free. And then that means that, and then all we have to do with our task after this, that if history is over with this and our, our subsequent task is just seeing the way in which uh, we might realize freedom mm-hmm. like that. So, so that we are free is, determined that's mm-hmm. or it's recognized but how we realize that is up in the air and his point was yeah. why does that have to be realized as political freedom mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and he says i think you and i i avowed this that i do think it does have to be political freedom yeah and he he's not so sanguine about that and i uh, I, I think that's pretty interesting yeah yeah so i yeah, we talked about this a little bit um pre-show i guess the now, now that i'm thinking back on it like i think i uh, I mean, it's not just cause you and I have a podcast together, but like, I think I'm on your side on this one. Um, and mostly, mostly because I, like, well, maybe, I don't know what he would offer as an alternative, but I think that, um, for me, political freedom, all like, I, I always like to bring back the politics to polis, to people, right. To, yeah. to, uh, like the, like to the, the, to the social tie. And I think that like, that is the site where you, um, you can only you can only have a if, if I think maybe Slavoj's point because he talked a lot about about money right yeah yeah L- yeah okay yeah. like but you and and money and and being this like kind of uh, I don't know this like this like 
he said, what does he say? That can't simply be relegated to formal freedom. Right. Um, right. But like, well, anyway, okay. So I think, think the only way for, for money to, to act in, in freedom in this, in the sense that like, you know, you are like freely choosing to like acquire something, whatever. The only way that that can actually be constituted as freedom with is in, uh, in a situation of, of, of genuine political freedom where you, you aren't like where where there's not the like the kind of uh, abuse of conditions behind every kind of like commodity because otherwise it's not like there's no way you could say that's freedom right like that's that's right. that, that, that would that would be like a very like that's a, like a very conservative kind of accumulative right. kind of kind of uh, freedom and I don't I certainly don't think that's what Slavoj is talking right didn't about. you give the example you've you've said this example to me before of a friend of yours who says I accumulate money. Oh, to get more freedom. To get yeah. more freedom. Right. Yeah. And it's, it's, yeah. it, that, that's not, you're, that just means, it means you can buy more things, but then, and then this is kind of the, I think where, where the rubber meets the road on this is that like the more things that you, uh, like acquire, like the more that the commodity puts a demand on you, on you. and, and right. you need now things not to be different for the people who make those things or for the people who have less than you. Like you, the, the, you are now determined, your politics are now determined by the commodities that you have. Right. 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 I think that's really good. And I think that's the, I mean, I, th- I think, I thought that was a weird exchange between, I mean, I understand where Slavoj is coming from, but he's still aligning political freedom with what Hegel calls civil society or yeah. the, or economy. And so I think, it's actually political freedom is more on the side for Hegel of the state and the states. Mm-hmm. It's it's it, the way that it acts on a break uh, acts as a break on capitalist economy and on 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 civil society. That's where our freedom lies. And so yeah. I think that's the I think that's the key point is that which we we've wrongly associated freedom with civil society and with economics and mm-hmm. with and 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 with our. Well, doesn't that miss the social? That's what I think. Well, I that's think, what I was just going to say. Yeah, and with yeah. our private lives, yeah, whereas exactly. I think it's actually this, when we're alienated from our private, our private selves, that that's mm. when we even have the chance of becoming free. Mm. And that, and that what Hegel, I think, wants us to really reverse is this whole way of seeing privacy as the site of freedom and the public world as the site of, of servitude or of, 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 determination and instead flip it around and see the, see the way in which it's really in our private life that we live these determined, uh, not enslaved, I don't want to say, but unfree lives. Mm -hmm. And it's in our public life that we're free. I mean, it's, it's, it's a way of seeing him a lot in line with Hannah Arendt, who says the same thing, like that, that, that economy and the reproductive nature of economy is, totally unfree and it's in the political realm that we have freedom. And I think Hegel, I think that's close to what Hegel thinks. Mm. Yeah. I th- well, I, th- I think his position is close to like the, the kind of, I guess the, the non theoretical way that, that, that I've thought about freedom is that like it, it, it really is like to, to be, to, to really be uh, a free, certainly in, in uh, a social context is to not have to worry about yeah stuff just like re- and re- i want to leave that as, as vague as possible it's like you like to 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 walk around and to not really to not worry about your health care to not worry about your but your wage to not worry about how you're going to get someplace to not worry how you're going to get back to not you know like that's that that's um that's the kind of um 
that's the kind of freedom that happens to you. And that's why you can't acquire it. Right. That, that's why. Yeah, why interesting. It, yeah. That's it, it cannot be, you know, you can't stack it up on, on shelves at home. It's but, because but don't yeah, you, that, you, so you, that's you, your you, notion you, of freedom. Your freedom is for you. Freedom from worry. I, yeah, I think so. It, well, and which you can't, I, I, I don't think that you can consciously, I don't think you can consciously avow that. I think that that like you just, I don't know. Yeah. I think you, you, you encounter that kind of, uh, like, <laughs> like as the kids would say, you just become woke to it, right? Like, Oh, I don't need so, to worry. So, yeah. Okay. But this particular so is Truman yes. free. Harry S. No, no, no. <laughs> Truman show Truman. <laughs> um, because that's the yeah, first I thing I thought mean. of when you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he's Be- pretty free from worry, isn't he? Yeah, I think that's yeah. When in his in his like very radically determined life, yeah, in the Truman Show. Yeah, um, yeah. I think maybe what I would say if I had to like, because I haven't thought about this as much as you've thought about defenses to Avatar. So, yeah. um, <laughs> so, um, <laughs> yeah. so a little a little generosity here. Like, I think I, I'll be very generous. Yes. All right, okay. I think the problem is that the encounter that Truman has is actually that he's not free. Okay. He does, I agree. He, he does not have the encounter that he is like, yeah. like that, that. So that the, the encounter that Truman has and that, that sort of that, that, that moment, that moment of recognition where he understands exactly how like determined and serv- servile he is like it's, it's yes, it's that moment that I think is freedom, but the opposite, like, like you, like you, you have to be like, you, have to have this kind of like in, encounter with your um, again with your with your not being uh, servile to some sort of like determined oh, interesting. Okay. institution. Okay. That's that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, well, that makes sense to me. Yeah. So 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 it's more complex than just saying you don't have to worry about anything. No, it's no, that, no, no, no. It, yeah, that's that. Good. See, now there, I totally agree with you that your point is that it has to have this moment of an encounter. Yeah. With something like absolute otherness, right? Like the, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think, I mean, that, that seems to me right in line with Hegel's notion of freedom, that freedom is being yourself, being at home with yourself in absolute otherness. That, yeah. So that when you're, when you think you're, encou- you're encountering this thing that's totally strange to you, yeah. then you realize, but there's something really about this that is me because I'm able to encounter it. Mm-hmm. And that's, that, that there's freedom in that. And I, I wonder if you can, can you think about that in terms of, do you accept that first of all? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, okay. Absolutely. Okay, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I think that, were. like, like, so, just so, to add, yeah, with the Truman yeah. example, like, I think that's where you, like, I don't think uh, th- this is maybe sort of the, and I don't mean this in the, well, no, I, I do, like, in the contradictory way, is that, like, to to have, I do think this is true, like, to have the kind of like social freedom that, like, a, like you know, the the achievement of like a like a left political vision would have is actually to be alone and to realize your freedom in, 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 yeah. in, the, in the social tie, yeah. not to be in the social tie and to realize it. That's, okay. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. there, that, 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 I like that a lot, a whole lot. Now, yeah. can you help me think that alongside what you mm-hmm. earlier said, mm-hmm. where freedom is freedom from worry or about, like, it seems like to me that. I, I think I, that's I, the, I think that's the, I think that is the, that is the conscious form that, that, that has to take. I think that I like to, that. I, can you? I just want you to explain it more. Oh yeah, no. <laughs> well, no. I, I think that it's for, well. I think it's it's well. For one, I think it's very it's it's readily apprehendable to okay. to to many people. Like I mean, like it's it's always like left. 
you know, it's, it's always the, the like the the giant joke about America is that like it's like we all Washington Post, CNN, whatever, talk about how divided we are. And progressive ballot initiatives continue to succeed in every state in this country, right, including right. and especially the ones that like well that think that like uh, a, you know that abortion should be illegalized like but like before even like having sex, right? Like that's when right. the baby but, is but, born. But but like there's right, like anyway. there's there, there's things that are amazing. Like eighty percent of the country is for a wealth tax. Yes, and, and that's thought of as like a radical communist idea. It, right, right. But 80%. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah. So so I think then – I think that th- that – something like that, okay, wealth tax, I think universal health care. I think all all of these – all of these things at the, at the conscious level, it, you can put under the umbrella of not having to worry. That, okay. Like that's – and that – and that, again, consciously. And because you never uh, – like you, cause there's no, like, I mean, we talk about this all the time. There's no real, there's no enjoyment there. Like, right. like to, 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 to be seized. Like, like that's, that's kind of the, the thing that's like a little, uh, that that's harder about even, even, and th- this is the thing that drives like economists and like, you know, like uh data based, uh, like political, right. um, you, you know, Nate Silver, like drives him crazy. Is that like the, 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 the um, Louisiana was the, was the state most against, uh, Affordable Care Act, and they were the state to, to stand to benefit the most. Right. It, dri- it drives people crazy, crazy. Like, like that, yeah. that kind of thing. It's because there's no, there's, there's no enjoyment. There's no, there's no enjoyment in uh, following your interests. It, 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 following your interests, and actually, I think that there's no. Um, I mean, I don't know the the the, the enjoyment in in ha- in being covered, right? The enjoyment of of Medi- Medicare for all is the private moment, uh, the, the, the like the that you, that you would have, uh, where you, you realize you don't, you don't have to, you don't have to worry. And it, it's like a little bit, it's more yeah, powerful yeah. Okay. than it would, you know, cause nobody, nobody like nobody in, I don't know. I doubt that people walk around in Canada or any country where, where the, like there's universal health. They're not walking around totally healthy being like, oh, I don't have to worry. No, no, like, it's only when it's threatened or when they see other countries where it doesn't exist. Exactly. Exactly. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I like that idea that that the not having to worry is the conscious manifestation of of being with your being at home with yourself in absolute otherness. Yes, I think that's your I claim. Think, yeah, yeah, that's my claim. I think it has to be because other like yeah. otherwise, I don't think there's anything that is more powerful that can be. There's there's nothing more powerful than the rights uh, claim that like, hey, don't you hate other people? We do too. Like, like let's just hate them right. all together. Like that's like they're like that's that's actually like seemingly far more immediate and it's more it's more enjoyable and like to like to have the success of like taking something away from someone while you don't get anything. That's a, right. it's a very powerful message. Right. You know? I think, in fact, I, I almost think that that's impossible to win out over that message. Yeah. I think yeah. the idea yeah. that we can take something away from someone else and we won't get anything. You don't get anything, but something is, isn't taken is, away from someone else. That yeah. is, I think that's a winning political message almost every time. And yeah. as much yeah. as I'm a optimistic leftist, I, I, I kind of think that that will win. You know, I kind of well, think I, that will win because I think. Well, because there's no because I, I think the problem is that isn't the left always offering something to people? It is. It is. But there's no because there's no. I think this is what I'm trying to, to to get at with this yeah. this this image of of being alone in your otherness and realizing yes. you don't have to worry. Like yes. there's no image of left enjoyment. Like there's like that. Like but I agree. My God, are there images of of right enjoyment like throughout all history. over the place? All yeah. over the place. Like. Um, so like what, like what, like what do you, 
I, I don't think I have seen in like my like uh, public school education. I don't think I've seen photos of people celebrating, excuse me, things like the Civil Rights Act or the Voting right. Rights Act, you know, or um, fair housing. But I've seen people over and over again, uh, you know, g- getting attacked by uh, like firefighters with like high pressure water uh, hoses to, to, you know, like in the sixties to, to stop yeah. protest. Like, so like that's the, so what you get is the struggle because, right. because that's because something, something is being, something being taken away. Right. Like right. that's, that's, you know, that's what, that's what it, but like the, the after the after party, I, I have no image of that, it, you right. know, and, and I don't think there's a popular image of that. Like, and, and, and this is why it's all, it always seems like such a good, like comeback from the people on the right, which is to, to say like, Oh, you want this, this, and this, like, you know, tax, blah, blah, blah. So, so what is, what is your utopia look like then? And they're like, and it's a, it's a terrible kind of bar, but it does have some, it does yeah, have it does, some resonance yeah. in, in truth, which is like, there, they're not, there's not an image for that. There's actually not an image for that kind of success because the left never, well, I think Slav always said this a lot, right? The left never misses an opportunity to miss an opportunity. And I think right, that, but, like, but, uh, the failure there, there to There has the to be something to, okay. intrinsic about that, yeah. I think. That's intrinsic. what you're getting at, right? That yeah, yeah, yeah. That there is something. It's not just like, oh, the left keeps making the same error. They're so dumb. I mean, right, like, like, it's a, like it's conscious choices. No, like, it's, like, or it's, it's actually just, something or, in the left. Right, it must yeah. be structural, right? It's it a must structural be structural. Thing. Yeah. 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 So that's, yeah. Yeah, so I think the advantage of the right is immense on this question. Like, I yeah. think precisely because of the attitude, if we can bring it back to this, the idea of this whole episode, precisely because of the, the attitude toward contradiction, yeah. right? That yeah. that if you're, like, you can really create images of enjoyment if you can, if you can play out contradiction while allowing for the conscious disavowal of it. Right, like yeah. that seems to yeah. me to be the real way to, that, like, if you can consciously translate contradiction into difference, mm-hmm. so that, so that that other the other is the, is the criminal, and and by banishing them, I can enjoy, mm-hmm. and then and then I can have an image of my own enjoyment that is that is perfectly realizable, mm-hmm. and it doesn't and does and it isn't itself contradictory, and I can it's fine, so I feel like that's a real. That's a real advantage of the right. Yeah, it is. I mean, because this is the well, this is the thing that's in the um, I, this is the thing that's in my like image of the like, you know, what what is it like? You're how do you want to cast? You're you're in your couch and the lights are sort of like off, but there's light from outside, and you 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 have this encounter that you don't have to worry, right? Like alone. Yeah. This this like, it's a little selfish, isn't it? Yes. And mm. and I think and I think that. It has to be, but again, it's like, it's not just, you know, it's not just you, like this is at the end, not at the end, but this is part of like this, um, this, this progress, this triumph for all. But like, I don't know that like, it cannot be, it can be celebrated collectively. Certainly like, I'm going to never say that, but I I, I don't, but it cannot be enjoyed in the terms that we're talking about cannot be enjoyed collectively. The only way it can be enjoyed actually collectively is to not have it. Which is like, it, which, right. which is the, uh, I, I think we've kind of said this on other podcasts is that like, I, I think people on like on the left side of the political spectrum have far too long become comfortable with like not achieving climate, uh, change right. and not pushing resolutions. And so like everything gets turned inward. And so it's just, so then the left political project is judging people. So they have less plastic. 
in right, their lives. Right, you know, right. it's like that's because that's the only way to enjoy it. The only way you can right. enjoy your personal choices is if you're not pushing for regulation on the companies that would, you know, actually take the issue head on. Right. So, well, also that, that you yeah. see other people that are not making the same choices. Right. As you, and that's the only value that there is. So, like, so, and so there has to be something else, and it has to be you and your otherness and uh, realizing that, like, you, you don't have to worry, which means, like, in a way that, like, um, like I actually I think that's uh, it's it's not it's not just selfish but it's a vulnerable kind of kind yeah. of position and yeah. it's and it potentially even like uh, I don't know potentially even anxiety inducing like, right I think that's right I think it's definitely right I mean I like this idea that the that the the leftist position would leave you alone with but alone with otherness right like I think mm-hmm. that's the that's I think that's what you're getting at it's, yeah. Is it, I wonder if it's like, um, uh, do you remember in the, in the Rudolph, the Rudolph, the red nosed reindeer, the, the, the Island special. of Misfit Toys, the Island of Misfit Toys. Yeah. That's Is that a, what you're well, getting? Yeah. I was actually, I was like, no, not just that one, but the, um, did you know that they had to fix it after the first run because the, they, the, they never went back. In, in the first airing of it, they never went back for the the toys. Oh, to like rescue all the to rescue them. Toys. So they're, yeah, they're, yeah, 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 they were just left there <laughs> to fix it the next year. Yeah. Um, uh, I do a really good impression of the Charlie in the Box, by the way, which I'm not going to do on, yeah, okay. on this. Podcast, That'll be on our special. All that'll be on our impressions episode. Yeah, all my voices. Um, no, but when um, the uh, what when Hermie? No, not Hermie. It doesn't matter. But when they Herbie, the, Herbie's Herbie, Herbie. Yeah, they're they're trying to understand how to be in, independent, and yes. they decide to be independent together. And I I think that um, the what the movement is to this like, I don't know, to this, this like left form of like, like enjoyment, like after like the success of this kind of like collectivist thing is that like you, I, I think the independent together is the, maybe the necessary fiction. I agree with it, that. Well, yeah. I don't even think it's a fiction. I think yeah. that is the necessary position. I think, and in a certain way, isn't that what reconciliation with contradiction means? Right. And it that precisely and, and, means independent And that's the together. image for it. Yes. And that's yeah. the, and that's the yeah. image for it. I, and that's the like the the end of analysis kind of like yeah image, I like right? that idea of being stuck on the island of misfit toys but they don't come back to get you you're just, <laughs> so the the rest of the narrative of the show keeps going on and you you're just stuck back there. you're just I stuck there that. and you're yeah that, you're all yeah <laughs> that's that we're we're allowed to use utopia for that that's the term we can use utopia for. Yeah. <laughs> that's the good kind of that's that's our kind of utopia is the island that's of misfit right toys. that's right so that so that so this time we we came up with a clear lesson which is to. <laughs> Watch the Christmas special Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. In its original aired version. In its original aired version. And if you can't get it, don't settle for the ideological <laughs> distortion. <laughs> That's All right. awesome. Okay, over and out, Ryan. Over and out, Todd.